This is the news from the Lord. Larry Kudlow and Stephen Moore and Donald Trump and people for Catholic magazines mm-hmm. are saying, you know, just people, you know what, people have to die. Friday, the president repeatedly shook hands and touched the microphone, not to mention the news conference he held over the weekend with officials crowded together on the briefing room dais. No social distancing there. Why is the president still shaking hands and touching a microphone and then touching his face? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Word of the Lord. And here, live from Lordsville, with vacation over, this is Jeffrey Lord. So the campaign is now on, officially. The president has given his acceptance speech. Joe Biden has had his convention. And now we're off and running. Hold on to your uh, teeth for the next two months. I mean, it's uh, if you think it's bad today, wait until, oh, I don't know, tomorrow. <laughs> and this will uh, go on and on and on here. So one of the things that's going to be an issue here for uh, Democrats, they and their handmaidens in the media are going to try and say, that president is responsible for COVID. And one of the interesting things that they play a game about, and of course they seem to have uh, mysteriously uh, a memory problem here. They first of all forget um, the Obama-Biden administration's handling of the H1N1 uh, flu or virus back in the Obama era. And let me just start with uh, a little sound uh, on tape, as they say, from Ron Klain. And he gave an interview and he said uh, 60 million Americans got H1N1 during that time. It had nothing to do with us doing anything right. It had to do with luck. If anyone thinks it can't happen again, they have to go back to 2009 and imagine a virus with a different nephality. He says, oh, the big words. But in essence, you get the point here is that uh, the Obama-Biden administration was presented with this same kind of situation. They got lucky. They didn't really do anything. I was working for Vice President Biden. I wasn't involved directly in the H1N1 response, but I I lived through it as a White House staffer. And what I will say about it is uh, a bunch of really talented, really great people working on it, and we did every possible thing wrong. And it's, you know, 60 million Americans got H1N1 uh, in that period of time. And it's just purely a fortuity that this isn't one of the great mass casualty events in American history. Had nothing to do with us doing anything right. Just had to do with luck. Uh, And so if anyone thinks that this can't happen again, uh, they don't have to go back to 1918. They just have to go back to 2009, 2010. Imagine a virus with a different lethality. And you can just... um, do the math on that. So with that in mind, let's talk a little bit about the media and how they're uh, going to be playing this over the next few months. Let me start with this question from my old uh, CNN colleague, Ryan Lizza. And a while back, uh, he said this to uh, my friend Kaylee McEnany in her now position as the White House press secretary. And he said, quote, we're about to cross the 100,000 dead American milestone. On Election Day, what does the White House view as the number of dead Americans where you can say that you successfully defeated this pandemic? Is there a number, quote unquote? Well, thanks for asking, Ryan. As as we speak, uh, there are about 176,000 Americans who have died in this pandemic. Um, 
but wait a minute. Wait just a minute here. What was the media saying about this? Let me just read you a little bit from various media outlets. The media was saying that uh, the New York Times on March 7, 7, March 13th, excuse me, said that it was possible that 1.7 million people in America could die. On March 16th, a few days later, they said that, quote, sweeping new federal recommendations announced on Monday for Americans to sharply limit their activities appeared to draw on a dire scientific warning that 2.2 million people in the United States were going to die. The Washington Post, March 19th, America is on a trajectory toward 1.1 million deaths. Over at MSNBC, Lawrence O'Donnell said there could be a million people dead in California by May. Barack Obama's former acting administrator of the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, one Andrew Slavitt, said currently experts expect over one million deaths in the United States from the virus. Uh, from CNN, Dr. Anthony Fauci was telling Brianna Keeler that in a worst-case scenario, there would be millions of people in the United States who are going to die from this. Yahoo said at the low end of the production, it would be 700,000. At the high end, it would mean 1.5 million deaths. On and on and on with these devastating uh, reports of how many millions were going to die as a result of this. And what do we have here? As I'm talking to you, there are about uh, 176,000 Americans who've died. Now, let me be crystal clear on this. One death is a tragedy, and I don't care who it is, and I don't care how old they are. If they've died from this virus, that is a tragedy. But that said, it is certainly not anywhere near the scale of what all of these various media reports have said. Um there was a flyer once upon a time, and I, I, a flyer as in an aviator. His name was Douglas Corrigan. And in the 1920s, he was like Charles Lindbergh, quite the hotshot aviator. And he was going to fly. He flew into New York from uh, California, from Los Angeles, I guess it was. And then he, he regrouped, and he was going to fly from New York back to California. So... He retools, gets his gas, gets in his plane, takes off, and lo and behold, where does he land? In Ireland. <laughs> yes, that would be about 3,000 miles or so in the opposite direction over the Atlantic Ocean as opposed to over the continental United States. Well, this quickly became famous in the day, and he was quickly dubbed Wrong Way Corrigan. And I would suggest that what we've got here is a wrong way media. Uh, let's take that Washington Post prediction, for example, that uh, um, we were going to have 1.1 million deaths. Well, as I'm speaking to you, there have been about 176,000, which means actually the Washington Post was wrong way. Uh, they were totally off by um, over 900,000. So put another way, that means that the Trump administration and all of their actions to take care of the virus uh, have saved over 900,000 lives. 
And I think that's very important to, to understand as we go forward here, because uh, one of the claims in this campaign is going to be that the president did nothing uh, about the virus. And I just want to go through, uh, as you know, uh, Sean Hannity has a book out, uh, Live Free or Die. And there's a particular section of it that deals with the virus. And he has done the research here and has the timeline of what actually was done by the Trump administration. And this directly counters all of these uh, cries that the Trump administration didn't do anything. So let me just read a little bit of this. December 31st, 2019. This is when China reports its discovery of the virus to the World Health Organization. And three days after that, the Center for Disease Control's director, Robert Redfield, uh, emailed the director of the Chinese CDC and offered to send American scientists to China to investigate the virus. He got no response. He sent another email on January 5th, on January 6th, and with no response. On January 6th, the CDC issued a travel health notice for people coming from Wuhan, China, or going to Wuhan, China, which it updated on January 11th. January 17th, the CDC starts a public health entry screening at three airports, San Francisco, New York's JFK, and Los Angeles, as these uh, are the ones that receive the most travelers from Wuhan. On January 20th, Dr. Fauci reported that the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, was working on developing a vaccine. On January 21st, the CDC directed its Emergency Operations Center to provide support for the virus response. On January 21st as well, the day of the first identifiable American coronavirus case appeared in the state of Washington. January 23rd, the CDC sought emergency approval from the FDA to permit American states to use a CDC-developed diagnostic test to detect the virus. January 27, President Trump tweeted that he had made an offer directly to Chinese President Xi Jinping to send experts to China to investigate the virus, and the CDC urged Americans to avoid non-essential to travel. On January 29th, the president announced the formation of the president's coronavirus task force. January 31st, uh, with Chinese officials now confirming some 10,000 cases of COVID in China, the president declares the virus a public health emergency and, over the objections of Joe Biden, I might add, issues a travel ban suspending entry into the United States for foreign nationals who were in China during the 14-day period preceding their entry or attempted entry into the United States. From early to mid-February, the president promised in his State of the Union address on February 4th he would take all necessary steps to protect Americans from the virus. Mind you, that is the speech that Nancy Pelosi ostentationally, ostentatiously tore up when he was finished delivering it. And when Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer gave the Democratic response to the president's State of the Union, she never mentioned the virus at all. Then we get to... Uh, Later in February, the the Food and Drug Administration permitted certified labs to develop uh, virus testing kits. Uh, also in February, the CDC began working with five different labs to conduct, quote, community-based influenza surveillance, unquote, to study and detect the spread of the virus. On February 23rd, the administration raised travel advisory levels for Japan and South Korea. On February 24th, 
It asked Congress for $2.5 billion to fight the virus. Nancy Pelosi delayed a vote on that measure. On February 25th, Nancy Pelosi was in Chinatown in San Francisco, urging everybody to come and not be afraid. They would be just fine if they went to Chinatown. On February 26th, the president discussed virus containment efforts with the Indian prime minister and appointed Vice President Pence to lead the uh, White House task force on the virus. And the very next day, uh, the vice president appointed Dr. Deborah Burks to serve as the White House coronavirus response coordinator. On February 9th, the administration issued a travel ban. February 29th, the administration issued a travel ban for Italy, South Korea, and Iran. We get to early March, and the administration announced it would buy some 500 million N95 respirators over the next 18 months. And the president signed an $8.3 billion bill to target the outbreak with $7.76 billion to be distributed to federal, state, and local agencies. The president met with major insurance companies, uh, the leaders of them, to persuade them to waive co-pays for COVID-19. The president directed the Small Business Administration to issue low-interest loans to small businesses affected by the outbreak and asked Congress to increase this fund by $50 billion. The Education Department swung into action and eased rules to provide colleges and universities more flexibility to conduct online classes during the outbreak. On March 12th, the president imposed a 30-day travel ban on travelers from Europe. And the next day, he declared a national emergency to access $42 billion to fight the virus. Then we move on to March 16th. He announced national guidelines to slow the spread of the virus, which stressed social distancing. It urged Americans to avoid gatherings of more than 10 people, discretionary travel and social visits, eating and drinking at bars, restaurants and public food courts and to refrain from visiting nursing homes or long-term care facilities. And recall that Governor Andrew Cuomo instead put a number of COVID patients in nursing homes, resulting in a very, very high fatality rate in those nursing homes. March 17th, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin met with uh, members of Congress to consider a stimulus and relief bill for businesses, industries, and workers suffering because of the virus. The Department of Defense announced on March 17th that it would make 5 million respirator masks and 2,000 ventilators available to the uh, Department of Health and Human Services. The Agriculture Secretary announced a collaboration with the Baylor Collaborative on Hunger and Poverty, the McLean Global uh, Initiative, and Pepsi-Cola, and other firms to deliver almost 1 million meals per week to rural school students. March 18th, the Federal Reserve announced the establishment of a new money market mutual fund facility to provide liquidity for the financial system during the virus. March 19th, the State Department issued an advisory urging Americans to avoid all international travel. March 20th, the United States and Mexico agreed to restrict non-essential cross-border traffic. March 23rd, Attorney General Barr announced the formation of a national task force meeting on hoarding and price, hoarding and price, price gouging and said all 93 uh, U.S. attorney's offices were appointing lead prosecutors to prevent hoarding. 
March 27th, the president signs the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act into law, which provided almost $2 trillion to uh, in direct payments to individuals and families, loans for small businesses and distressed companies, unemployment benefits, aid to states and cities, and monies for hospitals to obtain equipment and infrastructure. March 29th, President Trump reports that the Army Corps of Engineers had completed construction of 2,900-bedroom temporary hospital at the Javits Center in New York. Also on that day, he said that the uh, death rate was expected to peak uh, in, in several weeks and then slowly start to go down. April 2nd, the administration announced that the Paycheck Protection Program from the CARES Act would be launched the next day to begin providing $350 billion in small business loans. April 5th, the president said the administration had had stockpiled 29 million doses of hydroxychloroquine. Uh, FEMA sent 19.1 million doses to cities across the country by April 14th. On April 6th, he announced that uh, the FDA had approved Invio's potential vaccine for a clinical trial and that 10 potential virus therapeutic agents were in active trials and another 15 were in plans for clinical trials. April 9th, the Federal Reserve announces new lending programs of up to $2.3 billion for businesses and state and local differences businesses. April 10th, the president announced that he's going to convene a bipartisan council of business and medical leaders called Opening Our Country Council to advise the administration on reopening the economy. On April 11th, he approved a major disaster declaration for Wyoming, making it first the first time in American history that a major disaster had been declared for all 50 states. On April 13th, he announced that infection rates had remained flat over the weekend in America and that 3 million tests have been completed with 150,000 new tests being conducted each day. April 14th, the president said that the biggest decision he'd ever have to make was how to reopen the country. Two days later, believing the nation had passed the peak in new cases, he announced a three-phase plan with new federal regulation guidelines. So in other words... And there's more here, but I won't uh, I don't want to bore you here, but it's important to get this on the record because Joe Biden and company are going to go out there and say that the president didn't lead on the virus. And this is flatly not true. They don't want you to know specifically what the president done. And uh, so they're going to make it up as they go along and realize that their own uh, administrator says that they the Obama and Biden administration just got lucky that they didn't do anything. They, they did everything wrong. So let's just be very careful when we go through all of this and understand that the, the Democrats are going to be using the virus as a weapon against the president. They're going to be inaccurate about what they've said or done, just as they're inaccurate on a whole uh, raft of other issues, which we will be discussing at length here in the word of the Lord. Thanks, and we'll talk again soon. And please remember to visit my website, thejeffreylord.com, where you will get the latest in the word of the Lord and more. Thank you.